Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. And now, Financial Renaissance with the M's. ATL.com. And I am your host, Emma Folks, the host of Financial Renaissance with the M's. I'm a certified financial planner by day, defender of the uh, bottom 99 percenters or the middle class uh, by nights and by weekends. And Financial Renaissance is actually my labor of love, legit. And today's show is about two of my labors of love, the first one being hip-hop, the second one being all things financial. So let me just explain to you a little bit about where I'm from and why I'm so hyped about hip-hop today and the topic of today uh, is because um, I grew up on Cedric Avenue in the Bronx uh, and I believe they call that Hip-Hop Boulevard. Um, I think KRS-One either lived in my building or lived in the building next door to me. But literally, you know, picture this. We had block parties and block parties were parties that just sprung up, you know, like how you have pop-ups or those flash mobs, things like that. Someone would just say, we should go to the park. So we would go to Cedar Park. They'd have these speakers. They call them, can I say they call them jackbutt speakers. I can't say the A word, I guess. Um, and we would take those speakers, <clears throat> and in order to get electricity, we would plug them into the lights. Not me, because I was like in the second grade. But they'd plug them into the utility lights, and that's what would um, power the, the DJs, the speakers, the everything. And it was just a really, really nice thing. It was hot outside, muggy in New York, and we would just get in the park. We would uh, do some break dancing, not the 80s break dancing, it was the 70s break dancing. It was a lot of up rock and the footwork. Right? I think they call it up rocking or something, something. Um, so that's what would happen. And then um, the Jamaican people in the community, um, Jamaicans had this thing, they would chat, you know, what you chop out. And so Jamaicans would start kind of saying stuff. And that's what kind of led into the whole MCing thing. They were there to move the crowd. That's what the MC's job was, was to kind of get the crowd hype, talk mess about each other, things of that nature. Well, in the 80s, early 80s, we moved, you know, moving on up. We moved to Cambria Heights, Queens, which is nestled, uh, bordered between St. Albans, which is where LL Cool J is from, and Hollis, Queens. That's where I went to middle school. Um, that's where Run DMC is from. And for us, when we, I went to uh, junior high school 192, I don't know what it's called now, uh, but we would find mixtapes in the uh, in the on the playground, and that's how we would hear about Run and Jackson Crew and Linden Crew and all these different crews battling. And then when Run DMC came out, it was like ah, you know. So I was that kid. I was at uh, on Jamaica Ave. They call it chilling. Now I'm on the Ave, chilling with the crew. Yeah, that was us. We was on Jamaica Ave. That's where we went shopping. Green Acres Mall. That's where we went shopping. At night, we was either at Roller Castle Skating Rink. Hey, bounce, <laughs> rock. Or we were in Queens Village going to the Dollar Theater, which is why I'm afraid of all scary movies. But that's a whole other story. But yeah, I did used to watch uh, scary movies. And then in the mid-80s, uh, we moved to the West Coast. And that was probably some of the saddest times of my life musically. Because again, music is this tapestry of my life. Like, literally. So the music that they were playing on the West Coast at the time was a little you know, 70-ish, you know, even though it was the mid-80s. But I appreciate my cousins who always sent me care packages with mixtapes from DJ Red Alert and Kid Capri and everything else that goes along with it because they kept me tied to my roots and culture. When we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's, we have a special guest. We're going to be talking about hip-hop. I want to know from you, 
What are your favorite financial literacy or education movies, TV shows, songs, etc.? Put those comments in the comments section, and we'll be back in 300 seconds on Financial Renaissance with the end. And we are back live. Good morning, Melissa. We are live on Sensation Station Network, SSNATL.com. You can listen to us on your interweb in your car. I know everybody has uh, satellites and Wi-Fi in their car and these new cars nowadays. Um, you can also watch us live on Facebook. Go to Facebook, go to Sensation Station Network, hit the like button, and boom, you can see us right there in all our full production value. So if you're watching live on my, um, what do you call that thing, um, uh, Periscope or, or my own Facebook Live, etc., you want to go ahead and um, go to the actual station's uh, page and watch us there. And also, today's topic is going to be about hip-hop and finances. And if you have a comment, and I know you do, if you have a comment, you can go ahead and put it in the comment section or you can text us at 678-613-5857. And if you, you know what, I think I'll even take a call today. So you can even feel free to call. Um, I will hang up on you if you say some slick stuff, but you can call us. And for those of you in, um, in my family in Costa Rica, the number is 678-613-5857. Yamame. All right. So this segment we are going to be talking about social security and social security benefits why are we talking about that because a lot of you need to know um, what your parents and family members are up against when it comes to um, when it comes to um, uh, what do you call it um, social security so some people didn't earn enough or some people earned a little bit of money but they were married, previously married, and the Social Security Department actually has um, some, some things in place to take care of people who may not have earned as much but they were married. All right, so um, let's see, who qualifies for, they call it marital benefits, there's three conditions. Um, your your ex-spouse or your current spouse has to have filed for retirement benefits and you are at least 62 years old. Um, if you've been married for at least a year or more, um, if your ex-spouse um, if you were married to a ex-spouse and that marriage lasted for at least 10 years and you haven't remarried, then you may qualify for the Social Security spousal benefit. And if you have a if you have parents that are divorced, you're going to want to pay attention because when it comes to taking care of them when they're older, you need to know whether or not these things are in place. All right. How large is the spousal benefit? All right. What we're going to do is, I've got something here for you. All right, so the spousal benefit is half of what your spouse's benefit is. So let's say, for instance, your spouse gets $3,000 a month. Half of their benefit is $1,500. Now, if, you, um, if your benefit was only going to be $1,000, okay, then what the government is going to do is they're going to add 500 to it. All right, and bring you up to that $1,500 mark. If your benefit is, say, only $500, the government's going to give you $1,000 to bring you to your ex-spouse's or your spouse's 
benefit of $1,500. And um, it doesn't matter if your ex-spouse or current spouse has exes or anything like that. I personally think the government should kind of cut it off after the second wife, but that's neither here nor there. But you can get half of your ex-spouse's or current spouse's benefit. Now, will you get a smaller um, spousal benefit because your ex retired early or your current spouse retired early? The answer to that is a resounding no. Will I get less benefits because my exes, you know, whether it's an ex-husband, ex-wife's, uh, or my current hu uh, husband or wife's ex-husband or wife also collected benefits on this main account? The answer is no. Spouses and exes get the full benefit due at the age when they claim. That's some important stuff. So this is how you can potentially add a couple hundred to about a thousand dollars to our parents and our elder loved ones. Um, you know, but their bank accounts essentially. Now, if you're divorced, can I get spousal benefits even though uh, my ex has not retired? The answer to that is yes, if you are still single and you're at least 62. Now remember, if you pull or you start taking benefits before your full retirement age, which for a lot of us is either 66 or 67, if you start taking benefits earlier, you may lose up to 30% of your benefit for taking it at age 62. So be careful with that. Now, if you work for, if you worked and have your own social, social security account, what happens to that? Social security is going to pay you your smallest benefit first, and then they'll level you up to your, um, to your spouse's benefit. So if you have any questions about spousal benefits, uh, things of that nature, feel free to give my office a call, uh, Greenwood Wealth Management, 404-633-9952. When we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's, we are talking about Jay-Z's quote, what's more important than throwing money away at the strip club? We'll, when we come back, we'll find out that answer. back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. We got a lot of activity going on in the studio this morning. Welcome Kelly Live. Good morning. She is an accountant with a soul. <laughs> with, a, <laughs> with a soul and what's in her soul is hip hop. And it's something about people that grew up with this type of music. You know, we often have to hide it in the workplace. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, wh who do you listen to? And it's like, oh, I listen to whatever the top 40 or whatever pop is. But you never want to say, like, I like that grimy, gritty stuff because it moves me. And that's the beautiful thing about hip-hop is that you go from the, the trashy to the exquisite and everything, you right. know, in between. It wasn't always like that, but that's the way that it is now. But before the break, I was asking, um, you know, Jay-Z said, you know, do you want to know what's more important in one of his songs, uh, The Story of O.J., what's more important than throwing money away at the strip club? You know that answer? Credit. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course she knows Don't forget that. it. Don't forget it, right. Um, yes, exactly, credit. So there are messages and messaging in hip-hop. All right, so we have some people, uh, we have uh, Ray folks who's saying that, um, oh, he got his money messages from Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I guess I used to listen to that in the car. I had the little ebook, Rich, e -book, dad, Rich dad, dad, Poor Dad, although I'm not a fan of Robert Kiyosaki, but that's another show. Uh, and then he said, Dead Presidents, I uh, think part one and two by Jay-Z. All right. Mm -hmm. So let's think about money messages. Did you get any in school growing up? Um, I felt like school, no. I feel like <laughs> they didn't teach you how to deal with your money in, in school. No, I had a, uh, did you have Boy, home economics? School. I did. I was like baking. 
baking. Okay, my you know, my living. home economics living. So you learn checking, savings, like the no. household. No, no. Okay. Is, yeah, I'm talking cooking and like things like to to wash your clothes. I don't, you know, it's like oh gosh, basic like things basic like things like how to, how to be a wife. Yeah, no, exactly. When <laughs> how to I was be a in wife. School, finances was not taught unless you took an, a specific elective, which I didn't. Well, okay. I did accounting. But that was debits and credits. Yeah, that's not so like, that's not the same thing than right. how to how to manage money exactly. and how to invest money, how to make your money make money. Right. When I was in high school, uh, we had home. I think it was called home economics. I got kicked out of a lot of classes because oh. I didn't like. I wouldn't do typing. There's a lot of classes I wouldn't do because I'm like I'm not gonna You're be anybody's rebel. secretary. I'm gonna be somebody's boss. And you know, da 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 da. So <laughs> we had a home economics class, and um, I remember we had an egg that we had to keep, uh, mm, right. Mm -hmm. And what I learned from that is that my egg daddy, and you know who you are, he didn't do anything. I had to take care of the egg, and from that, I was like, I don't like this kid thing. <laughs> this is not 50-50. I don't want any part of it. Uh, but let's see, what about, um, well, let's talk about money messages by zip code. By right. Zip code, yes. So we can go from we're here in the beautiful city of Atlanta, Georgia. Right. Right. And so we can go from the airport mm -hmm. and we can take the MARTA train and we can take it all the way to where we are now. We go through five different economic, economic, socioeconomic uh, neighborhoods. Right. And if we start in the lowest or the poorest, the, the most underserved, you know, when we think about I think about the money messages that they get right. in their neighborhoods. There's no hope there. Right. There's no banks there. Right. Right. You've got um, there's a lot of predatory lending and not just the the um, impoverished neighborhoods, but also military bases. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I was on a military base in um, Tacoma, Washington, and it's the same thing. You see the buy here, pay here stuff. So you, you don't establish credit as you try to buy a car. You'll see the uh, payday loan places, things of that nature, right. but never anything that has a solid positive message. Right. Um, but then, you, you know, in a lot of churches, <laughs> but then you, you go up, you know, go up a couple more miles and then you start seeing some banks here and there. You start seeing some different type of stores, actual grocery stores. And right. then you get to the better neighborhoods. You see a bank almost every other block. Right. Right. You right. see a bank almost every other block. You don't see the buy here pay here's you don't see the title loans you don't see the payday stuff and you don't see a whole bunch of pawn shops so right. I, I'm always concerned about the messaging that people get when they're little because as you're you know running around with your parents and you see stuff you know my little cousin's first words were like I think was Home Depot and Lowe's right no, those were <laughs> the first images that she could remember was Home Depot and Lowe's you know for some of us or my son it was like McDonald's those were the first you know symbols that he mm -hmm. really recognized mm -hmm. but what about the kids that aren't in these neighborhoods what are they seeing right 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 and what are they hearing when they listen to the radio and just how long you know when you think about the, the different zip codes we're not talking about just right now but we're talking about for Generation, 50 years, I'm you know, 50, right? right. Generations, <laughs> Generations of the same type of information um, within those zip codes. And that's why I think I have one uh, an, an issue with um, hip-hop radio, like regular radio, like Sensation mm -hmm. Station Network, our, our mantra is radio not dumbed down. And so you're not going to hear those commercials, you know, the mm -hmm. slip and fall commercials, mm -hmm. the, you know, you know, you, you got in a car wreck, you know, we can get you that check, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> whatever, right. you know, we don't, we don't do that type of stuff. So, um, you know, I think when I, when I listen to radio, I have an issue with it because I think about the messaging that young people are getting about money. Right. You know, yeah. when you think about all those commercials. There's For not sure. a, there's not a whole lot of banking ones. <laughs> but it's interesting that, you know, in, in the music, um, I think Cardi B might have even said it too, and this wasn't really related to finances, but in general, 
everything is based on um, popularity, right? Mm -hmm. Is what people want, and what people want is not the smarter things. No, and we're going to talk about that because, you know, there's some rappers who would have done some really great stuff Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for for the fact that they wanted to to create a check. So what I want to know is what is on your playlist? Do you have any hip-hop songs on your playlist? And if you do, what are they? Uh, We'll be back in 300 seconds on Financial Renaissance. Whether it's the weekend or a weekday, there's always something sensational happening on SSNATL.com. Radio not dumbed down since day one. We are back live on Sensation Station Network with Financial Renaissance with the M's. I'm your host, Emma Folks, certified financial planner by day, defender of the middle class on the weekends and at night, and I am here with Kelly Lyde. Good morning. The accountant with the personality <laughs> and a love for hip-hop. That's right. We are talking about hip-hop and hip-hop's influence in finances or financial influences in hip-hop. We have a couple of groups uh, that are um, listening to us today, black business owners and also black urban professionals. Go ahead and let us know some of your favorite hip-hop songs when it comes to money. One of my favorite lyrics is um, Jay-Z, that song with Pusha T, uh, Drug Dealers Anonymous. I'll get to it. It's an accountant reference. Like, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll be talking about some references to uh, shout outs to accountants uh, towards the end of the show. I, I picked some Thank special you. stuff. I you appreciate welcome. that. <laughs> yeah, that's some stuff. But listen, when you and I were talking about um, the show, you know, you and I had a pretty, it was a pretty cool conversation about the show mm-hmm. and um, our love for hip hop and what we learned, da, 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 da. Right. And, but we also started talking about the human spectrum. Right. Um, the human element. And it's not just hip hop. It's just humans. Just, those yeah. who will, because we, a lot of times I think people like to blame hip hop right for the black community mm-hmm. and where the black community is and you know Kelly brought up something about humans just being human yeah human being humans and there's and there's different humans on the spectrum as, right as you put it <laughs> um, right and I would say that you and I always break it down as you have high performers and you have low performers um, and the percentage of the high performers are typically low um, then the the low performers are, I would say, not even just low, but just, you know, doing what you, you know, just to get enough to get by. Um, so I feel like when you think about that spectrum between low performers and high performers, um, it changes depending on the amount of information that you get. We're talking about finances. Right. We're, we're sticking to finances. Then that spectrum changes um, depending on the information you get. So if you come up and, you know, all of your neighbors are lawyers and doctors and, you know, these types of things, you're still going to have your low performers. But your low might be, I don't know, a secretary. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, but if you think about uh, hip-hop, hip-hop to me, you know, I feel like it, it, it has a lot, you know, the culture is more of a cultural um, movement more than just, the, it's more than just music. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people who have the hip hop culture um, didn't really get the information, the financial information. And so when you think of the low performance, the low is not just secretary. The low is, is, you know, I know many of people I know, they're 
parents were smoking crack. Oh wow! Okay. Or you know, yeah, um, yeah. I mean that's the, that that's was just the that was yeah. But that's some, you know? that's a whole other uh, no, you know for sure for sure. That's but getting other. that information again, this is your surroundings, so you're not getting like you said, you're dipping on your zip code. To me, it's the message, and then it's also where the zip code of the performers. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if we think about, you know, like the message, you know, don't right. push me because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. Right. You know, those are people that were literally in the struggle. They didn't have the opportunities exactly. that a lot of other people had. <clears throat> Excuse me. I also think it's, it was a, one of the first songs about depression and anxiety. When right. You really, now when I go back and I listen to it, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like thing. this is a real thing. Like a lot of pressure. The wife call, you know, bill collectors, you know, calling my wife when I'm not home and da da da. Mm -hmm. And it's like, ooh, mm -hmm. that's, that's right. a lot of pressure right. then I think about um, I think about sucker MC right mm -hmm. so when we moved to Hollis or when we moved to Queens it was a totally different environment you know they were singing you know I'm DMC in the place to be I go to St. John's University he wasn't talking about any hood stuff right you know run may have talked about beating people up every once in a while but that's what guys did back then you right. know before the guns and the drugs and blah 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 fought. everybody fought <laughs> you know it, it was it was a right to passage my, my block is better than your block everybody fights mm -hmm. it wasn't that big of a deal mm -hmm. but it was the things that people rapped about when we think about um, you know people didn't like Fresh Prince when right. he came out Jazzy right. Jeff from Fresh Prince because he was too cornball for them but he came from the burbs right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying right. like right. you can't look at people um, and, and you know and we had this thing in hip hop where you weren't street enough right. but still there's still messages from you know where you're from no for sure you know yeah. and who was the rapper you know where are you from are you from Norfolk yeah. I, I'm from Hampton, Hampton Virginia. Same yeah. Thing. Same. Um, no. <laughs> and to be honest, when I was coming up and listening to hip hop, um, I didn't pick out finances from hip hop. I listened to ratchet music yeah. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be completely honest, my finances came from, you know, thankfully I had a mother who was an entrepreneur. So just watching her, she didn't really tell me anything, but just seeing the example right. um, kind of taught me. But hip hop, I feel like. A lot of what I listened to was on the the other side of, of finances, which is right. I wanted to buy the Hennessy. I wanted to have the drip, what we call drip these days. I needed nice clothes. The you fits. Know? Exactly. I needed the jewelry. The drip and the fit. So, um, but I do, you know, there are those, you know, the music out there that was encouraging and uplifting. But I think that was more, I'm 35. So... The music I came in was Biggie, Tupac, you okay. know? So we can go back to, like, the Rum DMC days. I feel like there was a lot of motivation in coming out the struggle. It was a little bit of kinda, both. It was a little bit of both. Yeah, it was it both. Was a little, it was a little bit of both. There was a lot of positive stuff coming up. Like, when I, in the late 80s, there was, you know, the public enemies and the KRS-One. Right, so exactly. I got a lot of black history because in right. schools... For a lot of us, we didn't learn. I didn't learn any Latino history till a couple of years ago, and I didn't learn anything about black history other than the MLK struggle, right, mm -hmm, civil rights mm -hmm. struggle, but about, like, leaders. So Marcus Garvey, I learned about him from, like, Bob Marley, um, Steel Pulse. Uh, I believe it was either Public Enemy and then KRS-One or Boogie Down Productions. Mm -hmm. So them dropping certain things made me want to, you know, go to the library and look up this person or find out about this person. Well, why was this person trying to get all these black people back to Africa? Right. Well, then why did they put them in jail if right. they wanted us to go back to Africa? Like, what was up with that? Right. <laughs> you know, right. so the, I think I think definitely um, it had its place. But then, you know, your time frame, you know, if we're talking about Biggie, right? Mm -hmm. Juicy. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, that to me is an ode of the struggle mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. people not having a lot of choices. And to me, I feel like a lot of times with hip hop in the beginning, it was kind of like, does anybody see what's happening where we live? <laughs> does, right. does anybody know what's right. happening where we live? Right. And so, you know, just this, 
you know, there's a lot of people who used to sell drugs. They're businessmen. Mm -hmm. They, you know, if you don't have the job opportunities that everybody else has, you're going to do what you need to do to I survive. Think, to survive, yeah. and that's what survive a lot of the songs survive. are about. Survival. And we, and we can all, all feel that struggle sometimes. Yeah. And it's nice to come home and <laughs> or be in your car. Right. Exactly. For sure. So, what do you? What did you listen to on your way here? Um. Actually. I was listening to Nipsey this morning. Uh oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, because you know, and I didn't listen to Nipsey before he passed. Okay. To be completely honest, I mean, I've heard his songs on the radio, um, but to get his album and listen to it until he passed, I was like, wow, this guy's making some big noise. Yeah. Um, and then I started to research him, and he was, you know, really on a, a entrepreneurial mindset, and you know, basically not giving his because we talk about hip hop and the money that comes into the music business too a lot of people are taking advances and and the percentage of what you get as the yeah. artist yeah is it's, ridiculous it's low it's like, like you 15 percent. you don't make any money yeah and make your music especially and in today's world it's worse than it was back in the day like nowadays they there's other things that they have to do mm -hmm. um before the break we brought up um you know jay-z had a comment about um how he had to kind of like dumb down his music, and then he doubled his audience, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And he had also made comments about how he would love to make conscious music and uplifting music, and this is like 10, 15 years ago, mm -hmm. but the record execs wouldn't let him. So when we were talking about, you know, like kind of what happened, things were uplifting, you know, we had Boogie Down, we had Public Enemy, I think De La Soul was coming mm -hmm. out, and it was all this kind of consciousness, black, back to Africa movement, mm -hmm. and then out of nowhere, gangster rap. Right. And when gangsta, my era, yeah, <laughs> D Block, yeah, yeah. So, so for me, it was I was on the West Coast, so it was more like the NWA, um, Ice T. Although I do like Six in the Morning, that was the only rap song I liked from the West Coast for mm -hmm. like probably ten years. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a lot of that gangster rap, shoot it up, blah blah blah. And and the times had changed. Crack had come out, so the way people rocked in their neighborhoods had changed. So we went from talking about beating each other up and my clothes are fresher than yours and I dance better than you and my dude look better than yours and my girl look better than yours mm -hmm. to you know. I'll peel your cat back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was a total change, and it shocked my system because I was listening to uh, Chub Rock, Poor Righteous Teacher. Um, there was a couple of other people around that time, you know, Black Sheep, um, Pete Rock, and C.O. Smooth. So there were these rappers that just had this real cool music with these real cool messaging about, you know, family and neighborhoods and things like that. And we right. went from that to, you know, mm -hmm. another time period, right. <laughs> a totally exactly. different time period. Right. So what did you, what else did you learn about Nipsey? Are there any other um, artists out there that you think have a um, kind of uh, good messaging, positive, positive oh, messaging sure. when it comes to... And I think that's where, you know, I think it's coming back. Like, I, I think we took a dip in hip-hop, in my opinion. I'm sure there's other people who may disagree. Um, I agree. But, <laughs> yeah, like you said, when you came up, it was, it was you know, uh, informational and things, and then we took a dip, and now I think it's coming back. You got Nips, you got T.I. Um, um, Killer Mike. Killer Mike, yeah. yeah Killer um, Mike, I, I, I think he's a financial activist at this point. Oh, for sure. You know, I think he, he can definitely be considered a financial activist because everything that he's doing has to do with money mm -hmm. or buying from your neighborhood. Um, he's got a show, I think, on Netflix. Oh, yeah. That I've Definitely watched a that. couple of episodes of. You know, he, I think he was, <laughs> one of them, he was, he only wanted to stay in a hotel if it was black-owned. Exactly. And Anything then he only wanted owned. weed if it came from a black person. So he, he, he struggled. Slept, yeah, he slept 
up on the bench and right. you had no weed. You know? It was hard. All right, when we come back, um, Financial Renaissance with the M's, I want to know who are some of your um, favorite conscious rappers, and then we're going to talk about some of the music lessons that we've heard through the decades when we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's. So this is big business. This is the American and we are back with financial renaissance with the m's and we are talking about hip-hop in finances finances in hip-hop and uh listen want to say good morning to black business owners connected um tell us what is who is the your favorite uh, conscious rapper you are listening to us live on ssnatl.com or sensationstationnetwork.com um if you want to see um, the full production value of the show, go to Facebook, uh, click on Sensation Station Network, hit the like button, and then you can see the show in all its full production value. But go ahead and drop your comments in the comment section. Um, you can also text us at 678-613-5857. And then you can follow me um, while I'm not on air on uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Emma Knows Money. That's right, because I know money. <laughs> what does Kelly know? Kelly knows money. accounting. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly knows. It's all about the numbers. Yeah, Kelly knows journal entry. <laughs> I need a breakdown. I need a budget. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, everyone needs a budget. Everyone I mean, needs a me, budget. Yeah, everyone definitely needs a budget. Like, I hate budgets, but if I don't live by one, I die by it. Uh, you just start doing what you want to do. Yes. Um, before the break, we talked about some of our favorite conscious rappers. Um, I think, I really think mine, I think is really going to stay with uh, Public Enemy and KRS-One Boogie Down Productions. That's mm. like, that's that's my thing right there. Um, it doesn't matter if it was conscious for you. I know where you are. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't even matter. I mean, I would say right now, Nipsey has my attention for sure. Um, and then before that, I wouldn't. I guess I wouldn't call it rap. Bob Marley had a big. Oh yeah, that's not rap. That's a whole. That's a whole other show. That's a whole other show. But that was conscious stuff. But that's totally conscious. conscious. Um, We can even look at Marvin Gaye. What's what? What actually is very difficult for me. I haven't been able to listen to Marvin Gaye for a while Mm. because it's upsetting to me that the things he was singing about. You know, the one where he talks about what's going on with the water and our air and the da da da. And I'm listening to this stuff and I'm like, why are we still going through these issues? Right. You know, why does Flint, Michigan still not have clean water? Right. right. Like five years after we knew about it. So some songs are hard for me to listen to because it makes me sad about just humans and, and why we don't care enough. Why you know, we haven't addressed it. Yeah, there's yeah. just so much stuff. But let's talk about, you know, in in rap music, in hip-hop, there is a there's a braggadociousness about it. For sure. Right? And mm-hmm. there's also, you know, the things that we want, the things that we want to inspire to. But that does have a detrimental effect, depending right. on the neighborhood that you live in. It could. Right? It gave me hope, though, and dreams. I, gave you I always wanted to be rich. <laughs> <laughs> because of hip-hop. Oh, well, hey. And, and MTV Cribs. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. You know? I had to, I had, I'm always, always chasing the dollar. Um, so you had your hustle. From, yeah, and I think that comes a lot from hip-hop because that's, you know, everybody. Well, what I got from hip-hop was that you wanted to have the finer things. You wanted to... Um, you know, and, and, and listening to Jay-Z, he's a businessman, just watching him over the oh my years. Oh, gosh, yeah. We're definitely just a, we're aspiring to be like him and, and Puffy and, you know, so um, it gave me that. 
Yeah, and especially, yeah. like, and I think it's just, like, when you look at athletes, like, the earlier athletes may not have made as much, mm -hmm. and then the next, you know, wave or generations of athletes made more, and they lost it, and then there's another generation of athletes who have made money, but now they're making smarter money moves, mm -hmm. and I feel that that's kind of where we are with hip-hop, especially yes. when I look at, you know, what the moves that people are making and the giving back, and on the show, I talk a lot about Jay-Z and Beyonce, but because they have dripped their music, and mm -hmm. Jay-Z has been dripping knowledge, financial knowledge in his music, for Forever. years, yeah. years. He has Forever. been giving us, you know, a million dollars worth of knowledge for $9.99. $9.99. <laughs> $9 All yeah. right, so the, 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 the lyric I like the best about accountants, uh, this one is for you, is um, the Pusha T and uh, Jay-Z song, Drug Dealers Anonymous, mm -hmm. where he says, Jay-Z says, who deserves the Medal of Freedom is my accountant. He's been hula hooping through loopholes, working around. IRS should have had the townhouses surrounded. Oh, okay. So there's a whole bunch of lyrics with people bigging up their, uh, bigging up their accountant for keeping them out of trouble. <laughs> um, but then I also think about the the most infamous accounting song is Rihanna's "Be Better Have My Money." Oh, right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so even though you have an accountant, you know you still have to count your money. For you know, sure. Oprah Winfrey and and and. You know, she she learned from a, a black man. I won't I won't even bring his name up because I don't feel like getting into it. But told her that she should always count her money. And you know, one of the things about uh, rappers, you know, if you're dealing with somebody in the industry, you always want to make sure that you you count your change, that your jewelry's real, you know, little things like that. Because people still try to take advantage of you if they um, if they don't Absolutely. know that you know enough. When we come back on financial renaissance with the M's, we're talking about the story of OJ. Mm. When we come back, it's 300 seconds. And we are back with financial renaissance with the M. Yeah, we are intersecting finances and hip-hop. And what hip-hop means to the financial movement and what finances means to hip-hop. And we are, um, I want to shout out, give a shout-out to Black Business Owners Connected, to B.O.B., to urban professionals, to all my friends and family from all over the world, from Costa Rica, Jamaica, Canada, Japan, Haiti, Dominican Republic. Am I missing anything? Are Where, you where's your people from? You have any people in Japan? Oh, yeah, my whole family. Her whole family in <laughs> Japan. <laughs> Shouting out the Blasians. Can we say that? I say it. Okay, <laughs> shouting out the Blasians. Like, we're all connected, and this is a global show. This is a global world, and we're looking at ways to just kind of give people a better understanding. Hip-hop gets a really bad rap. Gets a really bad rap in our, in our, in our country, um, but it, it, it has its place. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I want to bring up the story of OJ because I think that in Jay-Z's song, he gives us so much information and mm. so much knowledge mm. um, uh, from artwork to um, to buying real estate to, I mean, you name it. There's mm. a constant theme. Um, so, for instance, he's saying, you know, F living rich and dying broke. I bought some artwork for $1 million. Mm -hmm. Two years later, it was worth $2 million. Mm -hmm. A few years later, it was worth $8 million. Right? right. So I can't wait to give this stuff to my kids. So again, he's looking at that's compounding interest. <laughs> that's right. that's assets that appreciate. You right. know, he also talks about the cars. I don't know if you remember those lyrics. I'm gonna give it to you. 
Here you go. So he also talks about, you know, he could have bought every V12 or he bought every V12, right? And that he wished he wouldn't have or he would have put money on uh, right. down on other stuff. He I mean, talks I think it's the first, the very first quote is, you know, F living rich and dying broke. I mean, that's, that I feel like that's that. No, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That could be a whole lot of songs. Like nobody wants to, you know, he, he said something along the lines of, you know, his parents didn't have anything. So the shift is starting with him. And so what he's trying to do there, he's talking about generational wealth. Yes. Exactly. Um, he and his wife, they're really talking about generational wealth and what you do, you know, you buying a car, mm -hmm. you know, that Benz is great now, but it, it loses its value. Mm -hmm. You know, by the time your kid is old enough to drive it, that car is not worth anything. Right. They can't pass that car down. Now, depending on the car, it can turn into a classic. It, yeah. Right. It can Porsche turn into a classic. Dollars. Yeah. It can. Certain <laughs> types of cars can turn into classics, but that can't be your only means of transportation. You know what I mean? You have to have, you have to have something else. Now, one of um, some of the things that we were looking at, um, I was talking about um, Jay-Z, Beyonce, and Beyonce had a lyric um, on top off where she talks about non-disclosure agreements. Like if you want to party with the, the queen, you got to sign a non-disclosure. Mm -hmm. And I bring that up because I think that, again, from a financial knowledge standpoint, depending on where you are in your life, um, you should have people sign in non-disclosures when they come to your house to party with you if you really don't want that stuff getting out. Mm -hmm. So if you think you're going to end up being a CEO, a VP of a company, uh, you know, a, a top athlete, uh, whatever it is, you may not know what's in your future, right. okay? Especially you young people with this social media because Patrina and I used to fight with my son all the time about social media. Like, you don't know what lies ahead in your future. Don't put stuff on there. Mm -hmm. But you should find out what a non-disclosure agreement is. They call it an NDA. Mm -hmm. And have people sign it. For those of you that are dating, gentlemen, um, if you are going to have consensual sex with a woman, I recommend having her sign off on that too. And an NDA so she can't, <laughs> she can't flip the script on you. Because mm -hmm. it doesn't even matter whether or not you're accused. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whether you're guilty. It's the accusation that the, kills you. Yeah, right. That kills you. So make sure that you're doing the legal stuff. And I know it's not romantic and sexy. Like, hey, can I have a condom? And do you mind signing this? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not sexy. But at it's all. not sexy. But, but you, you know, but you still got. You got to look at ways of. Um, it's not just accumulating wealth. It's also about protecting the wealth that you have for, for sure. the future generations. For that's sure. that's something that's important. And to I me. think that that is huge. Generational wealth is something that I think that is not talked about. A lot in in hip hop, um, and I mean, just I know I, nobody gave me a house. No. I, I had to pay my rent and then, <laughs> uh, you know, bought a mortgage. But I mean, just passing things on, like, is that in your mindset? Is that in your future goal? Right. You know. We got a comment from Kia Comedy. Good morning, Kia. Um, she says she loves it. Um, she's still waiting on her money, hose, cars, and clothes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Some, uh, some hip-hop some hip is killing our culture. Uh, radio stations and DJs literally used to be the major leaders in the movement. Mm -hmm. uh, now they're just gossips that sound and say outlandish, irrelevant, and often hurtful things just to try to get higher ratings. Dang. I mean, that's a fact. Shots though. fired. I, wow. I know we're trying to keep it positive, but I think wow. hip-hop does have that negative. It does have that negative connotation. Mm -hmm. And she. this is the reason why I don't listen to radio. My mm -hmm. wife clowns me all the time, but I, I, I prefer to put my own 
uh, stuff together. I listen to Title, mm-hmm. um, and there's a reason for that. But I listen <laughs> to Title. Um, I listen to my own stuff. So just so that I don't hear that, get um, that information. I call it coonery, right? Um, buffoonery. Oh, um, I'm I still can't st- my mind. Yeah, I, I can't stand <laughs> it. Like I love the music, but I can't stand what comes along with it. So uh, give me the music yeah. all day long. Like yeah. I love listening. Talking about peeling somebody's wig back. Right. Let me have a bad day and listen to what I'm listening to. Right. And I roll up to my house. I know my neighbors are like, she's so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where does she grow up? Uh, you it, really want to know? <laughs> it's facts, though. And, and, and that's why I think it's, it's important that we're having this conversation because, you know, anyone involved, I don't want to say involved, but is in the hip-hop community, I think it's, inf- it's important to get the information about finances. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to, to go out there. We're in the, inform- the day of, you know, age of information. Anything you want to know is out there. So whether it's starting a business or, you know, just how can I save XYZ money, um, get the information. And, and that's a start. Yeah, definitely get the information. And and, and one of the lyrics Jay-Z had in the, I think it was the Carters, the Boss song. You like that oh, song, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Why did yes. you like that song? Um, well, I feel like, you know, Beyonce just has a, a way to give you confidence in yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so that song just is like, you know, I feel like a boss, you know. Yes. Um, I wish Sorry was out when I had broken up with some people because that's like one of my favorite songs. Okay. <laughs> that's my favorite breakup song of right. all time. Yeah, she, or you better, you better. She definitely gets into your emotions. But she sure. does say in there about, um you know, her wealth. Like, she does brag about her wealth oh, yeah. in songs just like rappers. I mean, she's married to, you know. Right. But she talks about, um, you know, that she's a her boss. Her lifestyle. Mm-hmm, and that her great-great-grandchildren are already rich. Already rich. That's a whole lot of brown children <laughs> I mean, on is, your Forbes list. Like That, to me, when I look at them, I'm just like, I, that's what I want to work towards. Yeah. I want to work towards that. I want my grand, at least my grandkids to be okay. One of the things that Jay-Z says that I, I love is um, that people would rather work for the man than work for him. Yes. Because they want to pretend that they're on his level. And to me, you know, he, LeBron, there's a lot of people that have kept their circle tight. Mm-hmm. Right? They've kept mm-hmm. their circle tight, but they've made sure that the people within their circle are not freeloaders. Right, right. So right. it's cool to have an entourage, but each one of those people better have a job, and that job better be about preserving or accumulating wealth. You need to be in right. marketing, an estate planning attorney, an accountant, a this, a that. Right. A some, you need to do something. And to Jay-Z's point, that is hard to keep within your circle because for some reason um, people don't want to listen to the black man. They don't want to know. They yeah. don't. I've got um, a buddy of mine that's in um, Alabama, and he was telling me how, you know, with the older, not the younger generation, mm-hmm. but my generation older, they will work with somebody white before they work with somebody sure. black. And, I see it all the time. you know, the thing I tell people is like, you really need to, when it comes to your money and your business and things of that nature, like, you don't know what the back talk is when you're not in the office with those people. Exactly. You don't know what they're saying about you. And so you should always, when it comes to your money, your legacy, things of that nature, find someone that you can trust. If it's not in your community, someone that looks like you or can relate to you mm-hmm. and understands why things are important to you so that your money, your wealth, your dreams and goals will also be important to them as well. And maybe change the environment in your zip code. Yeah. <laughs> oh, girl, yes. <laughs> yes, we are, we are definitely going to look into that. So when we look into Jay-Z and what he has accomplished, Mm-hmm. Right, so he has Doucet. Yes. Right. Um, he, uh, I believe, he owns, um, has some ownership in Ace of Spades. He tried right. to get some okay. ownership into Crystal, and they told him no. Right. So he said, you know, they racist. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rock Nation. I did not know. So he owns half of that, I believe. 
title, um, I believe, is all of his. Yeah. He also has a venture capitalist company, right? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Marcy, Pro I think it's called Marcy something or another. And we oh, can I've go on yeah. and on yeah, and yeah. on and on. But He's he is definitely investing. investing and creating jobs. That's right. what it's all about. When we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's, we're going to be talking about some rap lyrics that pay homage to the accountants. <laughs> <laughs> Station Network Radio, not dumb down. And we are back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. I am your hostess with the mostest, Emma Folk, certified financial planner by day, uh, defender of the middle class by night and on the weekends. And you can listen to us live. We are streaming on ssnatl.com. Or you can find us on Sensation Station Network um, from Facebook Live. You can also join in the conversation by texting us at uh, 678-613-5857. And as always, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, at Emma Knows Money. Coming up on the show, we do have my top five stories. And my Emma Knows Money segment is going to be the best way to get car deals. You know, because interest rates are low. Everybody wants to, you know, get a new car, things of that nature. All right. And just definitely shout out to uh, all the groups that are watching us this morning. Black Business Owners Connected, B.O.B., and Urban Professionals. Good morning, Dion Bates. We'll see you here in the studio in a couple of weeks. <laughs> All right. Um, so accounting references. All right. I got a list for you. Mm -hmm. All right. So Juicy, Biggie Smalls, got two rides, a limousine, and a chauffeur. Phone bill about 2G's flat. No need to worry. My accountant oh, my handles, handles that. that. That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, Kendrick Lamar. No, nah, I don't like that one. From Humble. Um... Let's see. I can't talk about Macklemore. So Meek Mill and Drake and Rico, I've been counted out many times. I couldn't count it. Funny now, my accountant is having trouble trying to count it. All right. <laughs> uh, Rocco and Future and ASAP Rocky, been rich for about a year now. You ain't even know it. Had a long talk with my accountant. I ain't even blow it. Mm. Everybody references their accountant. What about your financial planner? Hmm? <laughs> for I, don't sure. see, I don't see any songs for that all right meek mill and yo Gotti, still on that hood ish uh messed around and misplaced a whole million dollars fired my accountant <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure there's some bad ones out there um of course uh gucci man and rocco i bet the checks don't bounce so much cash in the bag i make accountants lose count mm. that's a whole lot of this stuff yeah um Let's see. You oh, don't have a favorite. Like very, you don't have a I favorite. I feel very respected right now. Yeah, you ain't know there was a whole homage. <laughs> homage <laughs> no, no, I didn't have a whole list of and, references. And Tupac. Did topic. you say Tupac? Yes. You, okay. Yeah. Uh, stay strong, my Nigers. Uh, you should be flying, or you should be messing with an accountant, not a dope dealer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There you go. Even Tupac knew. Uh, Kendrick Lamar and Dom Kennedy, and the next time you have the opportunity, talk to your accountant and look who built that building your office is in. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. That was kind of like, mm. Mm -hmm. mm. Which you I think in all of this is, you know, why do you need an accountant? Why do you think you need an accountant? 
You asking me? Mm -hmm. Why do you think you need an accountant? Because I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> Compliance? Compliance? No, I think I don't know why I need an accountant other than I need somebody to file my taxes and mm -hmm. I want uh, to take advantage of all of the tax laws. So they right. call it, people call them loopholes. Being smart, yeah. Right? They call them loopholes, but if they're the law, then give me, <laughs> give me my due. Like if I can get no, out. No, it's not out there like that. Yeah, the information is just not given. Yeah, well, it's a book. How many pages is that tax code yeah. book? Oh, yeah. Seven, eight hundred pages. It's like bigger than right. two, three Bible stacks. It's not stack. meant for you to find it easily. No. <laughs> Internal revenue codes. <laughs> you got to yeah. understand legally. And right. nobody's going to be going through that tax book looking for ways to, to save money. That's why I have an accountant. Mm. And because the government forces me to. Right. Because if you call the IRS, they, they're not accountants. You know, and I feel like accountants do get associated with taxes quite often. And I'm here to tell you I'm a certified public accountant. Mm. And I don't do taxes at all. <laughs> so what, what exactly, well... I don't do taxes at all. Um, I do know basic information about taxes, but what I get from these lyrics about accounting and what I think is important when it comes to hip-hop and finances is that a accounting provides you with a control over your money. Ooh. It's not just about the taxes. It's how can you control your money? Do you have a budget? Do you know how much money you... We probably know how much money you make, but do you know how much money you spend? Do you know how, how much you money you get to keep? It's yeah, not exactly. about what you make. It's how about you what you get to that? keep. You okay, know? it's that net number. That's what that's what gets to me is exactly. I don't care how much money I make because I've got expenses. Right. right? Exactly. When we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's, we're going to continue down this path of why accounting, why financial planners, why budgeting is important, and how you can use hip-hop to blend that all together. Energizing a nation, one listener at a time. It's SSNATL.com. Radio that's not dumbed down. And we are back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. We are live in the studio at Sensation Station Network. I'm here with Kelly Lyde, the accountant with the personality. All of y'all have personalities. Your whole you little crew. We all have, yeah. Yeah, all four of you, you are. You are definitely. They're they're my, listen, <laughs> Katrina Bloodworth and her crew, uh, Lucy, Debrinka, and uh -huh. Kelly. Um, Our little girls group. The, the little girls group. They go, and I'm like, you're going out with your accountant friends again? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's going to be fun. <laughs> Man. You have a ball. <laughs> Every time. Every time. Every time. They are hilarious. Mm -hmm. They've got great personalities, and it's not that old, uh, you know, stale bread cracker type of accountants. You Not know, these all. people, they are, to me, I look at accountants, auditors, people like that. I look at you guys as uh, financial police, or excuse me, money police. Exactly. Money police. A wrong perception. Yeah, I look at you as, well, I look at her as a money police, but then I don't think of accounting in the ways that you are looking at it, mm -hmm. you know, making sure that your business can run efficiently, control. that you're, how, I don't like that word. You don't like control? Because you, you don't want to have control of your finances? Controls control, and processes and da-da-da. And I'm like, I, I don't like hearing all of that stuff. Being in control. How about that? Being That's in control it, of I mean, your finances. Being knowing in down control. To the, yeah. Do you feel in control? That's Bane yeah. from Batman. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel in control? Yes, I do when I know where my money is. And, and I, I think for business owners, we've got lots of business owners watching us. I think business owners need to take a step back from their finances. Mm -hmm. and, and I had to do that. I had to fire myself. Uh, as a business owner, you try to do everything so mm. we would spend the end of the year she would want to go on vacation i'm like no i gotta do all my numbers <laughs> no. i gotta do all my numbers and she's like you keep doing that you're gonna be by yourself so i had to hire a bookkeeper 
Um, and so the bookkeeper takes care of all my numbers. And then, you know, we have a CPA that, you know, puts it all together. I know enough about taxes, mm -hmm. right? So that was part of my, my exam um, for my certified financial planner. I had to learn about taxes. And I may at some point become an enrolled agent, maybe. Um, mm -hmm. I do know enough to be dangerous. You know, I find money when I'm working with my clients. I'll look at their tax return and be like, your accountant forgot this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's how, you know, granular I get with it. It's just I don't, I don't have that confidence level. And I don't want that's not my area of expertise. Right. I know enough what to look for. And right. so Same. to me, the purpose of an accountant is to save you money. Right. The purpose of a financial planner is to help you create more money, you know, and to help you be in control. We're going to get that one in there. You, you one I don't I days. just said I don't like the C word. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the C word. I don't like the control word. But it yeah, puts you in control um of your finances and things like that. And if you um, are a, a person that's trying to move up, you have to have the right team around you. Yes. Um, I think that's imperative. You know, if you went to college, you know a friend that's an accountant, a lawyer, a financial planner, a financial advisor, or somebody. Yes. You know, talk to your team. Talk to those people that are great at what they do. What do you think about people who take advice uh, from the streets or from their family or from the people around the water cooler versus going to the quote-unquote horse's mouth? Do you ever have to deal with that? Well, my uncle said that I should get a deduction because, you know, my kid is in college. Yeah, um, I do because you, I feel like, you know, you know, money can be tight in a lot of situations. And so people feel like they can't afford to pay someone for professional advice. Um, and I, I mean, I understand that. So they get the advice the best way they can from music or from <laughs> movies. TV or, or, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, the best way they can. Did you see so. that episode of Blackish, with where they with mm -hmm. where Dre messed up all their uh, financial savings and Pops was using um, no. rest in peace John Witherspoon as the accountant. No. Oh, you have to see this episode. <laughs> you, you, we're, you're going to have to watch it. We're going to have to come back and talk about okay. it because it's all kind of wrong. It's yeah, all kind of yeah, wrong. But the advice is all kind of wrong. But that's what you're surrounded. <laughs> if you're not surrounded by CPAs and financial planners, then what, what do you have? You know, and, but, you know, the thing to me is always go to the horse's mouth. Like, I think people sometimes in our communities take the word of other people. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we need to do better. We have, you know, Google. We have cell phones or oh, smartphones sure. or whatever. The information's out there. Information's out it's there. laid out, too. Books. Yeah. I mean, it's laid. Yeah, you just have to go out there and get it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to definitely thank you for coming in. And I, I do want to... Um, talk a, you know briefly about uh before he kicks us off air mm -hmm. about assets that appreciate versus depreciate yes. and i think in rap music we can definitely say today mm -hmm. that we're hearing about both yes equally sure. i think almost equally we're hearing about things that appreciate assets that appreciate so let's talk about what doesn't appreciate what doesn't appreciate cars what does does not does not does not does not appreciate that did you say cars yeah cars don't appreciate Oh, appreciate. Yeah. Gosh, excuse me. <laughs> Let's talk about assets that depreciate that are celebrated in rap music. Cars. Clothes. Some jewelry. Some jewelry. Because people buy diamonds, but there's already a thousand percent markup on it. <laughs> so you got to be careful with, with diamonds and who right. you're buying them from. Right. Right? Yeah. So are you going to stick around with me while I go through some of this other stuff? For sure. Thank for you sure. for having me, too. Hey, thank you for being it. here and bringing the life this morning <laughs> on Financial Renaissance when, with the M's. When we come back, we're talking about my top five financial news stories of the week and then my M&O's money segment. <laughs> Don't just sing the song. I'm living my best life. Do it. And we're here to help with Smart Talk.
from programs like this from your nation's urban station online on SSNATL.com. And we are back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. We are talking about my market movers and losers. That's right. All right, Disney. That darn Disney is going to get my money, and I'm upset about it. Their streaming service was launched last week, and they had 10 million subscribers by Wednesday of last week, okay? And I have a feeling I'm going to be one of them. We are going to be cutting the cord in our house as soon as our HD antenna arrives. Um, but Disney stock hit a record high because of their streaming service debut. So shout out to Disney. Um, again, I like any old company that figures out a way to evolve and change with the times. And Disney did it. They took everything. And they have everything I want. Every Marvel movie, every Star Wars movie, they have everything that I want on Disney streaming. So, Petrina, add that to our list. Thanks. Um, <laughs> and then... Um, Newsweek. This story came from Newsweek. You know, I'm really not sure about this story um, or about this, but this has to do with weed and, you know, the marijuana stock market is kind of going up and down. Don't worry about it. Just remember that Big Pharma has almost 200 patents pending waiting for weed to be legal. So this story has to do with cannabis use disorder is on the rise in states where weed is legal. What that face for? Exactly. Both of, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. That's right. I'll say it one more time. Yes, cannabis use disorder. Not to be confused with being addicted to weed, because I don't think it's possible. But here's a little factoid. In the late 90s, before I left California, we had a friend who went to rehab because for weed. And I was like, that's a cry for help. <laughs> you just need some attention. Because right. if, if you're addicted to weed, I think what you need to do is just stop and stop hanging around people who smoke weed and you're good. So apparently um, for cannabis use disorder um, means that uh, the person's use of drugs negatively have negatively affected their life for over the course of 12 months. Okay, yeah, we... All right, Smile Direct Club, mm, their shares fell even though they beat earnings expectations. I think investors are still salty and again, I'm still trying to figure out how are y'all gonna make some money? Okay, you 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 went public in or you went public, and then in 2017 you lost 33 million. 2018 you lost 75 million. You went public this year. Still not so certain about you. All right, moving on to Drizzy. Drake got booed off the stage last weekend. Did he? While we were in uh, Mexico, I guess he was at a concert. I forgot whose concert. He was came out as a special guest, and the crowd thought the special guest was going to be Frank Ocean. So they booed Drake off the stage. But that's not why I'm talking about him. I'm talking about Drake because he is trying to trademark Canada's weed warning label. Why Drake? Why? Now uh -huh. Drake is Drake is also um, he's another entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur. Um, he's got the clothing line, he's got the music stuff, he's got a champagne, he's got uh, now marijuana. So he's in Canada, weed is legal, he now has his own strain line, whatever, of weed. And I don't know if you know about this, but Mike Tyson is building a weed resort in Palm Springs. Really? No, yes. I, I don't know when it'll Tyson, be open, but I will be... I will be there. Come back and do what? Well, just financially. Oh, he is. He's yeah. on the come up right now. Okay. Oh, for sure, for sure. Nice. Um, recession watch, you know, not even really talking about it this week because um, there are some things that uh, are happening in our country that have to do with the impeachment. Now, whether you're on this side, that side, I don't really care. 
What I care about is that our country comes back together and unifies. What I care about is I'm a history nut, okay? I love history. And right now, the Constitution is on full display at my house because I'm starting to go through the Federalist Papers, the Constitution, and I'm trying to learn about that, what is it, 25th Amendment, the impeachment thing. I really want to understand, you know, I, I am impressed that our founding fathers had the foresight to anticipate things that are still relevant today. And it is absolutely fascinating to me. So whether you agree with it, disagree with it, you have to respect the Constitution. You have to respect the foresight of people 200 and almost 300 years ago that was like, no bribery. Well, <laughs> at least not in America. You could do that stuff I thought in other countries, but I guess it's illegal. I didn't know. I didn't know. All right. So, um, Let's see, let's see. Coming up on the show, we still have my top five news stories and my Emma Knows Money. How many minutes I got, Sean? I got 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Kelly, you want to say something? Um, I would just say, you know, from the discussion we had in hip-hop and finances, that... Uh, accountants are not just tax people. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Never mind. When we come back on Financial Renaissance with the M's, we have my top five news stories of the week and nothing about control. <laughs> if you're looking for that ratchet, you're in the wrong place. It's the nation's urban internet station, Sensation Station Network. Love is going to get you because we love all those material things. Auto loans, okay, auto loan originations are at an all-time record high. Uh, in uh, a few months ago, or actually last month, U.S. household debt reached a near milestone of $1 trillion, okay, so that you understand the, the difference between million and trillion. Million is six zeros, comma, a number. Trillion is 12 zeros, four commas, and then a number. That's right. So low interest rates are causing auto loan originations uh, increase. So it's kind of that cause and effect thing. The cause, lower interest rates, the effect, more people are borrowing money. This is the second highest year ever for auto loan originations. We have $159 billion worth of auto loans. And last quarter, the third quarter of 2019, 18 billion dollar auto loan balances okay so when if you're thinking about buying a new car be wary buy what you can afford and what you can afford means it's not just the payment it's the payment plus gas plus insurance plus maintenance plus parking etc 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 so a 300 dollars car payment can end up being 700 to 800 dollars a month based on some of the expenses you have all right i like this next story I like this one. I like this next story. It reminds me of Unity because it's talking about Unity. There is a woman um, who is part of a trio. Um, this is my finals and this is my championship. Other people look for the Super Bowl and the NC, you know, Final Four it is and the NBA. Duh. For me, it's who wins the Nobel Prize in economics. 
that's what gets me going, okay? And Ether Duflo, that's right, a modern woman with the name Esther, <laughs> all right? She's only 47 years old. She is the youngest woman to win the uh, Nobel Prize in economics and only the second woman to achieve this economic accomplishment. So Esther Duflo is a professor at MIT, and um, she also admits that economists have a terrible track record of predicting future outcomes. She says that uh, economic economists, their profession is trust is the only profession trusted less than politicians. Ouch, Esther. Ouch. Fuck. Shots fired. All right. But she's, you know, you got to be reflective about who you are and what you do. So she and her husband, who's also an economist and another Harvard professor, um, they all share this, uh, this prize. Uh, they did field studies. Um, they were in the streets of impoverished communities all over the world. Um, their studies also addressed the poverty trap known as welfare. So I'm definitely going to be following this story in weeks to come. But if you're interested in their philosophy, why they won the prize, they just wrote a book called Good Economics economics for hard times, which I will be getting, uh, because I want to know um, what they see as far as the solution for uh, poverty. And she also thinks that solving poverty will give people a better, uh, a better feeling about economists overall. Yeah, bank teller. In case, in the case of I can be estupido all by myself, a bank teller by the name of Nathan Michael Newell. 19 years old from Bel Air, Maryland, he was a, he helped a 78-year-old customer with a large cash withdrawal. And in true Breaking Bad fashion, he rolled up on that house at 3 in the morning and tried to take that money. Kicked in the door, waving that 4-4, talking about, Papa, don't hit me no more, right? <laughs> But Pops had a 57-year-old female at the house. Not sure if it was a family member or if a lady caller, but that person intervened. Pops ran upstairs, and the woman ran next door, and they called the cops. The cops investigated. You know how this goes. Nathan's been charged with robbery in the first degree, the third degree, um, first and second degree assault, and also home invasion. The, federal, the Freedom Federal Credit Union confirmed that they fired Nathan Michael Dingleberry Newell. All right, so he's not working there anymore, but that is crazy. So always be careful when you go to the bank and you bring cash out, you need to see who's watching you in the parking lot and also those bank tellers. Yeah, America, we are headed for self-destruction with all that student loan debt that we have. That's right. However, there are a few employers that will put five on your student loan debt. I got five on it, <laughs> right? <laughs> Has got to have the hip-hop references nice. today. Yes. Got that five on it. So those uh, employers are uh, Trilogy Health Services in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, Clinton Community School District in um, Iowa, uh, Fiserv, Montefiore, uh, St. Luke's Cornwall, and also Raytheon. These are some companies that are actually um, going to help you pay your student loans. What they may do is in lieu of matching in your 401k, they may put money down towards your student loan debt, which I think is excellent. The choice is yours. You can oh. get with this or you can get with that. You can oh. get with this or you can get with that. Yeah, Google. All right. So dystopia is a place where suffering is great or there's lots of injustice. And that's kind of what, what rap music was born from, or that can be any impoverished neighborhood. Um, but now I'm talking about healthcare. 
<laughs> because when I think of poverty, first thing that comes to my mind is always going to be healthcare. And Google's healthcare ambitions now involve our patient data. That's right. Allegedly, Google is collecting health data on millions of us without us knowing, but it's not their fault. Um, the data was compiled through uh, Project Nightingale. Per, this is per the Wall Street Journal, and this was a collaboration between Google and the company called Ascension. Uh, apparently, 100 Google employees have access to our names, dates of birth, lab results, for those of you with STDs, it's not just between you and your doctor, and the hospital records of up to 50 million Americans across 21 states. Now, Google is saying that... Um, that they are abiding by the industry-wide regulations, including HIPAA protocols regarding patient data, and that patient data will not be combined with any other Google consumer data, okay? But doctors didn't know this was happening, patients didn't know that this was happening. So even though this it sounds all innocent, we know who you are, Google, so boom, don't feel good about it. All right. So that is my uh, top five news stories of the week. When we come back, my M&O's money, what are we doing? I'm going to tell you how to get the best car loan since interest rates are so low right now. And we are back with Financial Renaissance with the M's. This episode of M&O's money is brought to you by Greenwood Wealth Management, making Wall Street work for you. All right, let's talk about your money how to get the best car loan, and it's not just only about your credit score. There's a whole lot more. Number one, well, let's start with your credit score. You want to coddle your credit score like a baby. I know someone that looks at their credit score every single day so they can, you know, t you know, take advantage of what's happening or if they see any dips and whatever, whatever, they can address it right away. So if you're thinking about buying a car, house, and again, with, if the recession is coming, you are going to want to buy stuff uh, because things are going to be on sale. Make sure you coddle your credit. Now, a five-year, $20,000 car loan, you with a good, great credit score, you may only have an interest rate of 4.6. If you have a horrible credit score, your interest rate may be 17%. Okay? Not going to do the math, but you can. That's a huge difference in the car payment. So when I see or people driving Kias and their car payment is that of a Porsche, I get a little concerned. Usually it's because they didn't know any better or they had uh, bad credit. Now, uh, do check your score before you buy. So before you go into the dealership, before you make any purchase, you're going to want to check out your credit score. Make sure that there's no, you know, no snafus because if you get to the dealership, you find that car that you like and it's banging, it's yours, it's speaking to you, blah, blah, blah. And then they tell you there's something wrong with your credit score, you're going to have to pay more. You're going to be in this position where you're still going to want the car because you've sold it to yourself. So no what your credit score is before. You can um, go to things like Wallet Hub, Credit Sesame, uh, Credit Karma, and then also uh, annualcreditreport.com, and you can check for um, you know your credit scores in those bureaus. The other thing you want to do when it comes to financing, you know, I hate buying cars. That's one of the absolute worst things in the world to me. And I have to learn from my son that there's an easier way. So when it comes to buying a car, you don't always want to just go to the dealer. All right. Uh, you can, but I like going to the dealership usually at the end of the month when they need to make numbers because they'll make better deals. And also towards the end of the year when they're trying to bring in the new year cars. 
but you do want to don't want to limit yourself so if you are looking for financing I like coming to the dealership already with my financing so if you with a credit union or bank go ahead and get financing from them and then, then you can um, then when you go to the dealership you at least know what you're what you're dealing with and when they're like well how much do you want to pay don't ever let people ask you that question you need to talk about the bottom line doesn't matter how much you want to pay on a monthly basis that's a trap alright the other thing you can do is dealing with the dealer I don't really like dealerships. I know you guys need to make your money, but I'm going to go back to what happened with our son. Um, he needed a new car. Uh, the dealer told him to come all the way up to Gwinnett, you know, which is like a 30, 30 miles away, 20 miles away. I got the car for you. He went up there. There wasn't a car. Instead, the guy wanted to look on the Internet with him at different cars. The boy went home, took Uber back home, pissed off, and he called. He went on Carvana, <laughs> found the exact car he wanted, the color, manual drive, the whole nine, and it got delivered to him. So for those of you that are still uh, at the dealerships and things like that, you got to change your ways, okay? With places like CarMax, Carvana, and all these other places that we can buy cars without having to go through all of that muckiness. And there's no reason for us to be in a car dealership for three to four hours on a weekend just to buy a freaking car doesn't make that much sense all right uh sorry car dealerships i know y'all got stuff that you want to do you got kids to put in college stuff like that but again when it comes to car dealerships think about their old inventory so right now it's 2019 they're, if they're, they still have a whole bunch of 2019s wait till the end of the year because they're going to want to get all those 2020s in so they're going to have some really cool deals on those 2019s and also think about leasing a or buying a car that was a previous lease that's still under a certified warranty that is the best way to get a car because again they don't appreciate and then you want to keep your payments short so when i was growing up our car payments were only for four years Nowadays, you can go to seven years, and what that's telling us is that we're not earning enough money to keep up with the cost of cars. We're not earning enough money, most people, to keep up with anything. So if you can't afford a car based on a four-year car payment, car loan, then you're getting too much car, okay? Because typically by the time all of that cool stuff, the warranty stuff runs out, you're still making payments on a car. That's not what you want. And the other thing you want to do is you want to keep it safe. All right. Um, make sure that you can afford the car no matter what. As I explained, when you're buying a car, it's not just that payment. You know, the payment is the easy part, but it's the insurance. If you're a young man, your insurance could be two or three hundred dollars a month, depending on your driving record. Um, if you're a young lady and you're one of those that doesn't understand that it's not OK, that when you're backing up to tap people in the front, tap people in the back uh, you too your car insurance may be a lot higher but there's also gas there's also maintenance things of that nature so you want to make sure you do your due diligence always check out consumers reports april uh, magazine because that's where you find the best information on the car that you want to buy and that's how you buy cars with emma knows money favorite beats of all time because bands can play it so you can go to football games oh my gosh love this beat want to say good morning to my auntie marie levine in uh brooklyn new york bed do or die uh we just found out we were related like a year ago 
right. <laughs> so I want to say thank you to Kelly Lied thank for you being for here me. today, uh, for, for going through this hip-hop journey with me. Um, there's going to be some other topics, so I hope you're willing to come back and talk about other stuff. For sure. Okay, because I know you're well-versed in all things financial. Yes. That's important. She Thanks even tries me. to she even tries to get her friends on the right path. Oh, all she tries. She preaches. Yeah. She preaches. Um, yeah. She practices what she pr practices what she preaches. Mm -hmm. Meaning, you know, for me, it's like if you have knowledge, it's cool that you have it, but if you don't share, share. it yeah. with other people, because not everyone got the opportunities that we got. For sure. You know, like for me, I you know I lived in the Bronx. There's still some people that I grew up with in the Bronx that are still there. Exactly. You know, it's only because my mom went to college that there's there's that difference because we were exposed to different things. So if you know something, if you learn something on the show today. Please share the show with other people. Um, teach other people. I believe in each one. Teach one. It is very important as a country um, that we focus on economic empowerment, mm -hmm. economic advancements. We are not winning. China is kicking our tail when I tell you this. China is beating up on us right now, and it's because we have money, too much money flowing in other areas. Corporate America isn't paying their workers like they should. And then we, the people, need to really determine whether or not corporate America is for us. You know, you can work hard for yourself. That's a decision I made. That's a decision that a lot of other Americans made. And it's, it's not easy, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. Working for yourself and being self-employed is one of the most brutal things in the world to do, but it is gratifying. And if I'm going to work hard, I think I'd rather do it for myself and for my family than for people that don't necessarily care about me. And that's the part that I think is missing from a lot of corporations. And I hope and pray that we get back to that point where employers do care about their employees, where we put the human back in HR, and where we just start, you know, taking care of each other again. I'm so sick of this divisiveness, you know. Um, definitely want to say thank you to all the rappers. Uh, I'm talking Cool Herc. I'm talking about all the old heads um, that came up um, that were doing their thing when I was coming up. Curtis Blow. Uh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, Funky Four plus one more. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on and on. Karis One, and Melody, <laughs> right? Um, for all of the messaging, that's a sonic. For all of the messaging, you know, teaching us about apartheid. Like I wouldn't have known about apartheid if it wasn't for Stetsasonic and their song about South Africa, things like that. You know, we truly are the world, um, and we are the future, and we've got future generations. So make sure that you are teaching them the things that they need to know to be financially stable. Being financially stable has nothing to do with material goods. And if you, there's a book called The Millionaire Next Door, um, and The Millionaire Next Door is that person driving that Ford F-150. Not a Beamer, not a Benz, not a Lambo, none of that stuff, okay? So it's not about your material possessions, and if you like material stuff, your businesses, your income streams should be paying for those toys that you love so near and dear. So if you are wearing Gucci, if your children are wearing Gucci and Louie and you don't have a college savings plan for them, you are wrong. You are not doing what we need to help move our society forward. But we can't move our society forward with material stuff, so think about investing in your own neighborhood. Uh, I interviewed Chubb Rock months ago, and he said, self-gentrify. If you live in the hood, buy it up. What's the hood today will not be the hood 10 to 20 years from now. Bedford-Stuyvesant, Brooklyn is not the hood anymore. Like I heard uh, we were in Los Cabos. We found out that Inglewood is not the hood anymore. Inglewood, California is the new Brooklyn. That's right. 
everybody's moving there. So any area that you live in where the property values are not that high, if you have the ability, go ahead and buy it rent it out or buy it fix it up figure out ways for you to take part of this economy especially if we hit this recession and all the prices go low and things like that make sure you clean up your credit and save as much money as you possibly can all right coming up um we have smooth sensational sunday or sensational smooth you know i make it up Smooth Sensational Sunday coming up right after me. And I, I, I'm into the jazz thing now because we just came back from the jazz fest. So I learned a lot. And then um, later on at 6 p.m., I want you to tune back in uh, for the live exchange with Dr. Pamela. Um, don't know what the song of the day is going to be, but what I will say is, as always, one love, one heart. Um, let's be good humans and make our ancestors proud. Namaste. <laughs> Green.